a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So, people say, what is the problem with all these various and uh, divided churches, etc., etc.? And the answer is, the problem is the doctrine of justification. We got it wrong. So, I mean, the irony here is, is that the, the mystic um, is always trying to turn away from the, cre- the creation and, and into what is um, unseen and only felt. And what God wants to do is turn us away from what is unseen and felt into the tangible, the, the water, right. the word, uh, right, right. the bread and wine. What is it? We got to integrate God's story and make it our story, and we be, become participants in the biblical narrative. It makes me want to puke Yale blue. We're back on Table Talk Radio. Uh, people, Again. I know. People are thinking, maybe this will be the week they don't come on on the air. Oh, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> We're back. Alas. <laughs> uh, but don't worry. We planned a, 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 a fantastic show for you about five minutes ago. Um, that five, could, was about two seconds ago. <laughs> it five consists of uh, your emails, your bumper stickers and church signs, some name that theologian, some tick maps in the news. So this might be one you uh, stay for the whole thing for, you know? I you, appreciate you, know? you reminding me what we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? Is, is this a show we planned for or didn't plan for? And uh, I pointed out that those two things are really the exact same thing for you. <laughs> That's, there's no difference. <laughs> <laughs> to which I said, it's not me I'm worried about. <laughs> I thought was funny. Uh, I know. It I was, in fact, I, was funny. I'm glad I repeated it just now, because <laughs> now everybody's laughing. I was thinking if everybody could just listen to us banter back and forth off the air all the time. Well, I guess there's no difference between us being on the air and <laughs> off the air. That's what I was wondering about. How is that different? <laughs> all right. Well, let's get some buzzwords. Why don't you go first, Pastor Wolf Mueller? Oh, you forgot to mention buzzwords. <laughs> I didn't mention. Oh that. boy, I got a I got a buzzword for you. It's in the printer, though. I got to go get it in the printer. All oh, right, you brother. talk about your buzzword, and I'll go get my buzzword out of the copy machine. All right, I'll pull one up real quick. My uh, theological buzzword for you is antinomian. Um, this literally means no law, and this was the heretical doctrine that uh, Christians are exempt from the obligations of the moral law. Uh, so antinomian would be okay. uh, the buzzword. All right, what's your buzzword? <laughs> Achliederbuch. Oh, brother. <laughs> Achliederbuch. Yeah, could you spell that for me? A-C-H-T-L-I-E-D-E-R-B-U-C-H. Buch. Achliederbuch. Okay. It means eight songs book. This was the first Lutheran hymnal. <laughs> You have the most miserable buzzword in the world. <laughs> this is awesome. This was published. Uh, it was L- Martin Luther and Paul Spiratus. Eight hymns, four by Luther, three by Spiratus, one anonymous attributed to Jonas. And the ones that we know of that are in our hymnals are the um, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice, Salvation Unto Us Has Come, and a couple Luther hymns. Uh, from depths of woe, I cried to thee, and uh, one of the other ones uh, that is, O Lord, look down from heaven, behold. Uh-huh. Those are the four that are still hanging around. Now, the interesting thing about this is, um, hmm, is printed in fifteen twenty three twenty four, and it was then through these songs that the Reformation really kind of was able to take hold as these hymns were 
disseminated. Do I get uh, points for having used the buzzword in my conversations earlier today? Because I, I think I, I mentioned that two or three times this morning, just in casual conversation. <laughs> Let me just write it down here. You know, to the yeah. first, you know, I went to buy a 10, coffee and, and, and we were just casually talking. <laughs> Have you seen uh, my Achleter book laying around anywhere? That's what she said. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's go to the emails. Do you have an email for us, Pastor? Oh, so, man. So, oh, I just got back from the copy machine. Hold on a minute. Yeah, I got loads <laughs> yeah, of emails do, here. Do you need a, a some time of transition, a, a break, a coffee break from going to the copier? Yeah, I do. Let's see. <laughs> I got... Ah, oh, here. Here, this is... Um, uh, here's one I think that'll be good to read. And it is, this is by John, who writes... I don't know where John writes from. He says, hello, I'm listening to show number 250. What show is this, by the way? 256. And during the discussion of the Ten Commandments in the news, Evan brings up the point of what is the difference between killing a two-year-old and a fetus? Along the same lines, I've often wondered why there's a difference between killing a baby while still in the womb as the case of the three females that were kidnapped in Cleveland, Ohio, and abortion. Just my thoughts, John. So uh, John uh, references this news story about, remember that guy who kidnapped those girls and kept them for 20 years or whatever? That was horrible, horrible Mm -hmm. story. And one of the um, uh, things that he did is that he killed a, a baby uh, of one of the ladies that he had impregnated, and he's charged then for murder of that. Mm-hmm. And so he says, "Well, what's the difference if it's murder or non-murder? If it's the you know?" So there got are a thought on that. There are in our uh, legal system a lot of logical flaws. <laughs> um, this is the same kind of thing that you can be charged. With uh, murder or manslaughter, if uh, if you if you cause some sort of injury to a pregnant woman and the result is a is a miscarriage, you can actually be charged um, with manslaughter uh, for that. Um, however, uh, there's nothing wrong in, in our legal system to uh, to for that pregnant woman to go to an abortion clinic and say, "Hey, I want to abort my baby," and they'll they'll do it for you. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I I I can't mm-hmm. uh, I can't rectify that. I'm sorry. Right, it doesn't but, make sense. But I think these are good uh, points of conversation to to you know bring to the attention of of maybe our neighbors or our friends or our coworkers to say, hey, have you ever thought about this? And there's just some maybe some points of discussion to to start um, to start the discussion of what is the value of life. That's a discussion we aren't having, I think, today in the public square. Where we need to be. I think you're right. Got another email. Okay. Dear Pastor Wolfmuller, just listened to show 243. Hey, what show is this? Uh, 256. Where you were trying to figure out <laughs> what Brandon Heath was saying in his song, Jesus in Disguise. I remember hearing him explain it, what he meant on the radio, and found basically the same thing online. Pertinent paragraphs are below. Here, uh, so here's a quote. Interviewer. The first single from Blue Mountain is Jesus in Disguise. What's the story behind it? Brandon Heath, the author, says. There are a couple of guys that I wrote it with, Lee Miller and Russ Cooperman. Lee just came up with the idea for Jesus in Disguise. As I was writing Blue Mountain, I would always try to come up with a character in my head to use as a sounding board for the song. I thought about this old blind man that lives up on the Blue Mountain. A young man comes to him. He says, you know, I keep hearing about Jesus, but I can't see him. I'm having a really hard time believing in someone I can't see. The blind man, he has a Morgan Freeman kind of voice, and he says, follow the way you might have never realized that you heard or... Wait a minute. Let me try to get this right. Follow the way that you might have never realized that you have heard or seen Jesus. I read all the right words there. Did that make sense? <laughs> no. The Morgan Freeman blind man says, 
Follow the way that you might have never realized that you heard or seen Jesus. I can see why this is his inspiration for the praise song. <laughs> I think about that verse in the Bible that talks about, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. Jesus coming to us in all those different forms, but not in a way that we would expect. That's why I wrote it the way I did, in code a little bit, almost to keep <laughs> to, uh, to keep to form. We're talking about something in disguise, disguise it a little bit. I'm not real upfront all the time, which I'm sure a lot of people would rather I was, but... Uh, this is the way I would love to communicate and write. If you're trying to bring an idea to life, you have to write from the same perspective a little bit, disguise it a little bit. I have so much more enjoyment doing that than than spelling it out. Mother Teresa even talked about spending time with the poor. She would wake up greeting people at her doorstep or people living uh, in her commune. She said, I spend all day with Jesus. These people are all hurting, orphans and widows, the forgotten. They are all Jesus in disguise, she says. So there you go. What what a fantastic example of our postmodern world, huh? That I, I like to when I when I when I set out to communicate something, I like to put it in code so that I'm not spelling it out for people. Well, what's the point of communicating then? Good grief! Uh, we are your we are your handy in house mystic code breakers. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't, did we crack the code when we were crunching it? I mean, we we I can't remember. We revealed the the mysticism of it, but yeah. uh, hey, I heard a cool Mother Teresa quote by the way. Since we're talking about that, uh, and that is this: apparently, someone was interview- watching Mother Teresa clean the sore of a leprous person, and uh, and the guy says, oh, "Man, I wouldn't do that for a million bucks." And Mother Teresa says, "Neither would I." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway. All right. So if you have emails you want to send to us, send us uh, questions. You're not going to say anything about this? Oh. You know, by the way, you know, uh, this, listening to the guy who tells us why he wrote this sort of thing is what is frowned upon when we start crunching. I said frowned upon like that baby in the E-Trade commercial. (laughs) Apparently, what does he say? Frowned upon. Frowned upon in this establishment. (laughs) Anywho. Uh, actually looking to see what the person who wrote the thing intended by what he wrote is frowned upon in crunching praise songs. Because that's not what matters. What matters is what? What you pull out of it. Talk about postmodernism. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's what I tried to, was getting at. I mean, so if, I'm, if I want to communicate something, if I want to preach oh. a sermon, I have certain things I want to proclaim to my hearers. And it's important for me to, for them to receive the things that I'm trying to transmit. <laughs> and um, uh, if if I if I just simply offer up codes and then let them uh, interpret those codes however they want, then it's not it's no longer communication. So I think I think that this proves what we're, what we're always trying to prove with the praise song cruncher that it's not about communicating truths, making statements, uh, proclaiming the gospel. It's about uh, making an impression upon you, drawing you into an experience. And you you do that with codes, but you can't do that with sentences, with true statements uh, attached to them. I'm afraid that's all the time we have in this segment. We'll be right back to play some bumper sticker and church sign theology. Yeah, baby. in a way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. But thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio.
All right. I like Welcome Selena Gomez. To... That's not Selena Gomez. Alter Liedenbuch. That's what the buzzword. I don't know your the buzz. I don't know the buzzword you gave me. That's too bad. That's that's just really mm. too bad. Maybe you'll Would get. I get ten it? billion points <laughs> if I say the buzzword. Okay. In ignorance. Ten billion points. <laughs> because neither neither you. I mean, you'll not not you're probably not going to notice that I say it. And I am not going to notice that I'll say it, because I don't know what it is. Wait, if I don't notice it and you don't notice it, how are you going to get points? Probably the listeners will have to point it out. So we'll come back <laughs> our next show and say, he said the buzzword and you didn't even notice it. Ten billion points. <laughs> okay. What if I notice it? Then I'll just give you the standard 500. The points, by the way, are like this book, this webpage on the Alterliedenbuch in German. Does me no good. Yes. Okay. Glad we got that out of the way. Hey, I, I, a friend from Salt Lake City uh, called and told me about a, uh, a, a bumper sticker he saw. It said uh, WWJSD. What would G- Joseph Smith do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those pesky Mormons. You know what I thought? I thought to myself the other day, I thought if everyone was Mormon, the whole world would be like Chick-fil-A. I didn't mean to insult Chick-fil-A, but I was in the Chick-fil-A, and I had that thought. <laughs> Wait. I mean, everyone was very, very white and clean. <laughs> what, are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. Let's do some... I got this email I want to read. I'm so excited okay, to get read to it. Ready? Read it. Andrew says, we're playing church sign theology, right? Yeah. Andrew writes... Where's Andrew from? Oh, Andrew's from Queen. No, he's from Queensland, and he writes this: "Seen on a Lutheran church in Toowoomba, Queensland. I'd love you to hear you try to pronounce that. I I am insulted, Andrew, because not only do I know how to pronounce Toowoomba, I've lived in Toowoomba for at least two days of my life. Toowoomba, Queensland, and you pronounce it like this: Toowoomba, or better, more appropriately, in a in a mid Queenslandic Australian accent, you say." Toowoomba. Here's the church sign. Ready? I'll oh, give it to you in I an Australian accent happen. as well. I knew this was going to happen. Body piercing explained here. <laughs> Body piercing explained here. That's what the church sign says from Lutheran Church in Toowoomba, Queensland. <laughs> this is why you like hanging out with Kleinig so much, isn't it? Right. Uh, you want to hear my <laughs> Kleinig Australian accent? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Good day. Eh? <laughs> nice to see you, Brian. <laughs> Wonderful to be here in Colorado. <laughs> he goes up at the end of the sentence. Is how Dr. Kleinig's Australian accent is. <laughs> now, n- my normal Australian, my m- normal mid-Queenslandish Australian accent has a bit more of a a twang to it because Queensland is to Australia what Texas is to the United States. I, oh, by the way. I don't know if you knew this, but I also do an imitation of an Australian imitating an American. Oh, we've which heard this. Is hilarious. Spare us. Spare us. All right. Will do. Right. Just, so, just church refer to body piercing explained here. Do I, by the way, sound a little bit more academic? Certainly more uh, exotic with my Australian accent on here. No, definitely. Right? Yeah. Man, he must know what he's talking about. So, he's from so Australia. I have no idea what this uh, church sign says. Or what, it's what talking it about the 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 body piercing of Jesus. Oh, you are ignorant. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name. <laughs> 
By the way, you really didn't know what it was. I had no idea. About. I was I was too distracted by your <laughs> terrible accent. By the way, if you if you want to hear swept up, Pastor That's what we call Wolf being Miller swept up. do his Australian accent. Just refer to show one twenty four. This is where we had uh, Pastor Stephen Vanderhook on, uh, and uh, you can hear all of his uh, impressions then. And that way, we don't have to repeat them on the show from henceforth. The Let's entire time was I talking in an Australian accent. The entire time. Oh my goodness, it was awful. But I think that may be. Although I really enjoyed having Pastor uh, Vanderhook on. Other than that, that may be the worst show we've ever done. Was that when you were looking for uh, a co-host who had a, an <laughs> yeah. exotic accent? Yeah. And he, well, hello. Can you hear that? Hey, John. Be quiet, folks. Quiet down. How far into the segment are we? We are uh, five minutes. Five minutes ago, I told you well, we need to turn our phones off. And what what didn't you I do? I turned the that? phone off. I don't know how to make it stop talking to me like this. It, it talks to me like in the. Uh, all right, let's. It talks to me like this in so, the in the sermon as well. Body piercing. See, I I don't think that body piercing sign is gonna is be very helpful. I mean, if I can figure it out, <laughs> that's not saying much. Okay, here's another one. Here we go. You're the chief discerner of church signs over there. Well, I'm just saying they're trying to appeal to the to the non Christian. Just saying. Here we go. Here here's the here's the next one. Hey, I got a church sign. Uh, it says exercise daily. Walk with God. Hey, that's cute. All right, exercise daily. Walk with God. Um, where, where does yeah. this language uh, of uh, you know your walk with God or walk with Christ come from? Maybe it comes from Romans chapter six that talks about walking in newness of life. Oh, okay. You know, that could be. Uh, there's. Oh, shh, I don't look. I don't how to quit calling me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, you know Romans chapter six. That's the baptismal passage. We, yeah. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, I think, I think it's a great irony. This is <laughs> so. This is a great irony that all of this talk about walking with God, people never actually mean to be baptized. <laughs> I mean, to live in your baptism. Just like the people who talk about the Great Commission actually never talk about baptism. Isn't that weird? I mean, the texts that are about baptism, people love to talk about them, just taking out the whole baptism part. <laughs> yes. Uh, remember when, I think we did that when well, we were I, doing this a... This is the longest message. Put my uh, phone in the drawer over here. Yeah, thanks. When we were doing a, uh, I think a witch ladder or something, sermon review, something or other of uh, Mark. There's a ladder made out of witches. Mark Driscoll. That's creepy. And uh, he was he was saying how uh, <laughs> how those who believe in baptismal regeneration are superstitious. Remember this? And so he, he reads he reads uh, uh, you know First Peter, baptism now saves you, and he goes, obviously, what that doesn't mean is that it saves you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I just thought, you know... Witchcraft. Appar- apparently, uh, uh, Peter was speaking in the mystic code that we didn't know about. Yeah, these guys try to change the meaning of words. That's horrible. Hey, look, I got an email with church signs. Okay. Did we d- finish dealing it. with that one? What was it? Uh, what was walking with, we walking with God, getting exercise. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay, go on. So, live in your baptism. Here's This is an email. It comes from uh, huh, Andrew. 
who says, I've got a couple church signs for you. Beacon Baptist, Salem, Virginia. Sunscreen prevents sin burn. S O N, screen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, are we still putting sunscreen. these in our categories? That would be the what the world needs is more puns. Yeah, that's how these all are. This is the thing that governs the church sign is like, uh, forget original sin. It's original lack of, it's not lack of original righteousness. It's a lack of original puns. <laughs> Goodwood United Church, Ontario, free coffee, everlasting life. Membership has its benefits. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. I can't criticize that much because I was advertising Hope Lutheran Church, best coffee in the whole city. When I got our, uh, I got our uh, a Bonomatic 2000. Oh, man, is that nice. First Baptist, Lone Grove, Oklahoma. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Ah, that's not a pun at all. Mm -mm. If God had a refrigerator. The problem with this church sign is that there's no pun in it. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Hmm. Uh, I guess trying to say that God loves you. This is our whole thing of God loves you you. and, and that's enough. We have a we have a worldview yeah. catalog for that. Let's see. I would say this is, God how is I a would super change nice this guy. church sign. God is. I would say if God had a refrigerator, your report card wouldn't be on it. <laughs> <laughs> that right there is law and gospel, and also a bit of a pun. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sent from my iPhone. Says Andrew. Glad you got an iPhone. Hey, do you have an iPhone? I do now, actually. Man, um, fancy. Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal now. Because <laughs> I got an iPhone. I'm, on, I'm in the in crowd now. By the way... Right. You got um, another one? Uh, I, I hear that people are willing to pay money for me to be on Facebook. Is that true? Oh, yeah, that's true. We have a $50 offer. A, 50, a gentleman has offered a $50 donation if you join Facebook. I think I think we could play with this, but it has to be more than $50. I'm thinking like $1,500. <laughs> All right, up the ante to so, get you on Facebook. Yeah, so if our listeners combine, if our listeners combine, come up with fifteen hundred dollars, and this will go towards the replacement of our equipment, of course, not just you know my own personal pocket iPhone, <laughs> yeah, my iPhone fund. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do iPhones. that. I'll agree to that. Sure, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. How, how close are we? Um, well, fifty, I guess. <laughs> I'm counting all the other donations. No, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not willing to count them because because we need more than that. I think we have to have a donation specifically going to the the Facebook fund. All right, there you go. All right, so we're at fifty apparently. Okay. Uh oh, let's go to an- another one here. Here's a oh, there's the sign, but here here's the hey, a bumper sticker on the back of a Toyota Rav Four. Jesus loves you. But I'm his favorite. <laughs> Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. Of course, he. Of course, you are. Why wouldn't appreciate you appreciate the Rav Four reference? To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. After this, we're gonna play Name That Theologian. You're listening to the one and the only Table Talk Radio. Talk radio. So exciting, you won't notice. (laughs) 
And we're back on Table Talk Radio playing Name That Theologian. How long has it been since we played Name That Theologian? Pastor, it's been like forever. 73 days. Oh, okay. I guess it's been that long. I thought it would be more like 71, so. <laughs> Not as bad as I thought. The way this works is uh, we give each other three quotes from any given theologian, and the other person has to guess. Which theologian it is, as the name implies, name that theologian. All right, Pastor Wolf Miller, are you... Are you wait, wait, re- could you repeat that? Okay, so how this works. <laughs> okay, you ready for I need a... Uh, I, I, I like subtly named games, like I like subtly named movies, like my favorite movie, remember? Snakes on a plane, yeah. What's that about? Are all, are all of our Man, jokes... I love that joke! Are all of our jokes here on Table Dock Radio used up and old? People, That's why if, we If we don't come up with some new material, they're start listening to the God Whispers. Hey, I talked, by the way, speaking of the God Whisperers, I talked to I talked to Bill. So I met for the first time face-to-face the infamous Bill Swirla this week. You haven't met him face-to-face before? No. I saw his face for the first time. His beard and everything. His whole face was there. I'm sorry to hear that. It was great. I told him, because uh, you know his, that Craig uh, has a new spot. He's going to go to St. Louis and uh, run the radio station there. Are you going to still be able to do the show? And I and and they were talking about that. And I said, "Man, if you, I do not know what would happen if they if they didn't do their show, we wouldn't have any goals." You know? <laughs> Our current goal is to 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 just speak. have more listeners <laughs> than them, <laughs> right? How and how are we doing at that? I don't know. I don't have any way to know. I'm okay. so I'm sure we're do, I'm sure we're winning. Okay. By the way, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. Was Snakes that was plane. that news that we were able to share? Do the, do do their listeners know about that? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, they're talking about this. They're trying oh, okay. to sort out. Uh, I mean, I would have felt they're, bad they're, if we would have sp- spilled the beans on some of their well, news. I don't think it. I mean, I never <laughs> listen to their show. <laughs> okay, here's your first quote. You ready? If grace is unconditional and free, and if one attempts to claim even the tiniest bit of merit, then everything will depend on that little bit. Grace is free. Not even a bad priest can disqualify it. What goes wrong can be charged only to that little bit. It is impossible to synthesize free grace with even the smallest bit of human cooperation. Grace becomes pernicious when it is only a little bit. It turns back on its receiver. How much is a little bit? This is the epitome of cheap grace. (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that. All right, next. Oh, you ready for the next one already? Oh, yeah, yeah, because i got to get more context. Okay. Uh, well, should I make more comment aside from... That's okay. <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> no, that, that was this, funny. This, so the whole the idea of solo, so grace has to be alone, you know, and it's the alone part that gets in trouble because as soon as you add anything in there, the, the thing that matters is the and part. Jesus <laughs> and me, so all that matters is me. Because after all, Jesus' grace is universal. So then, if if he has grace on everyone, then the reason why I got it is because I'd done something for it, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next the next two quotes are a tad lengthy, but here they go. All right, we are approaching here Luther's doctrine of the hidden God. We shall have to deal with this more fully later. For the present, it is enough to note that Luther sees trust in the revealed God as inherent to faith itself and the only solution to the problem of God. The revealed God is the God of the immutable promise. Thus, it bids us stop before the supreme majesty of the hidden God. There seems to be a conundrum when we come to this point. On the one hand, Luther insists on the givenness of the hidden God, and that it is entirely necessary for faith to grapple with that God. 
as it is often put, we must know the what of the hidden God. But at the same time, we cannot know the why. We must know that God is the immutable one who elects and rejects. We are not running the show, but we cannot know why one and not the other is among the elect. If we knew that, we would turn it into a legal system and it would destroy us. Faith in the word of proclamation is the only way. What the revelation tells us is that we cannot know the hidden God. We cannot even know that God is hidden. Hiddenness is paradoxically a revealed truth. This should be apparent to us in the cross. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, gee whiz, is that good stuff. I, this has to be a Lutheran, of course. I mean, nobody else can talk like this. Um, um, but I don't know what Lutheran exactly. Uh, hmm. uh, so what is saying there? I mean, it's talking about this mystery of election. That God is hidden. We know what is hidden. We don't, and we have to be careful and certain in 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 kind of being led a. a away by one or the other of those two ideas, the hiddenness of God, etc. Uh, it's a very profound point. Um, I, now, this to have these two different things, to be talking about grace alone, and then also to be talking about the hiddenness of God and election, etc. I mean, they're related to one another. But, um, but not, it's a bit, it's not so obvious. So, I don't know, I'm going to need, you got one more, right? Yeah, one more. And again, this is a little lengthy, so hang in there. To sum up the argument in this one half of Christian Summa, God rules all things by immutable necessity. The words are harsh and difficult to take, but no amount of theological doctrine can erase or change the matter. The God disease, if we can refer to it this way, is like the gout. It just does not go away. Another apt image Luther uses is that of the arrow of conscience stuck fast in the heart. I heard a rabbi in one of the memorial ceremonies for the destruction of the two World Trade Center towers declaim that nothing or no one could convince us that God somehow willed the terrible tragedy with all its attendant suffering and loss of life. But the problem is that such declamations, alas, do not hold. When all is said and done, the pain and sorrow and mourning continue. The cry goes up nevertheless, why? As Luther put it, the arrow of conviction remains stuck fast in the human heart. All such declamations accomplish is to throttle the preaching of the gospel. They substitute lame explanations and shallow comfort where there should be proclamation. The only solution to this kind of necessity is the proclamation. That is, if God rules all things by absolute necessity, then our only recourse is to attend to what he does do. The solution to the problem of the absolute is absolution. There the immutable God does what is necessary. God is determined to have us back. But we can see that only in Christ Jesus. Apart from Jesus, we are on our own. Luther could even say that apart from Jesus, God is indistinguishable from the devil. And apart from Jesus, we have an attempt to redo God more than our liking or what most moderns do dispense with him altogether. But the gouty foot laughs at such doctrine. Oh, man. This is fantastic. Someone writing about Lutheran and Lutheran theology, that's got to be what it is. Now, what are the odds that I've read this thing? Uh, possible. Probable. Possible. It's possible. What are the odds that I've heard of it? Probable. 
I was talking with someone the other day about this book that I'm supposed to read by oh, by this guy who used to be ELCA, taught at Luther Seminary, got kicked out. He's now in the NALC, I think, or some church body like that. He and his name is, what is it? It's, it's about Lutheran theology. So the same the guy who wrote Lutheran theology for the armchair theologian, but just wrote like a, Luther, a Lutheran theology book. I know uh, who you're talking about. You do? Yeah. Should I tell That's you? Right. Would that be cheating? Is that Stephen Paulson or something like that? That is who you're talking of, yeah. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. I think that's this book. Boom. (laughs) You like how I misled you with the, hey, can I tell you? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was good. You thought for sure you had it when I said that. No, yeah, right. But I didn't, huh? No, you're looking. Do I take another guess? Sure, go for it. How many guesses do One of these other guys would be like that who's embracing this. So there's a, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm not going to guess. I'm going to save myself the shame. Oh, come on. Okay. 30. Oh, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be happy to know that this book I was reading from is edited by Stephen Paulson. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and it's a Ferdy book? It is. It's The, ca- the Captivation of the Will, uh, Ferdy's. This is Freddie's last book before his death, and in fact, uh, Paulson and uh, our friend Nessigan kind of put this together after his death. Um, but this is his reflections on uh, Luther's bondage of the will. So I was hanging out with Dr. Nestigan this weekend. Really? Oh, yeah, that guy's really something. Cool. All right. That well, guy puts his hand on his belly when he laughs. <laughs> I know. He laughs at his own you, jokes more than you and do. He, and he says, someone says, can you reject Jesus? And he says, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to get away from him. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, during this commercial break, we're going to decide whether we're going to play some more Name That Theologian or dive into Ten Commandments in the News. So you'll have to wait through this break to find out what are we oh. doing next here on Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this break. Don't go away. Somewhere, a mystic is crying. (laughs) You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wolf Miller, for that uh, correct guess of uh, Gerhardt 40, I will give you 50 Table Talk Radio points. 50? Oh, thank you. I forgot. To, I, I've already put the last segment behind me. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to get some Table Talk Radio points, so let's, let's play another round of Name That Theologian. And the way this works, right. in case you are just tuning in, uh, Pastor Wolf Miller will read a theologian, and I will attempt to name that theologian. All right. Wait, wait has it? Without other way. <laughs> Since Christ has full atonement made and brought to us salvation, each Christian therefore may be glad and build on this foundation. Your grace alone, dear Lord, I plead, your death is now my life indeed. 
for you have paid my ransom. This sounds suspiciously like a hymn. And suspiciously. I, <laughs> and I think this comes from the Octon Fractum book. Octoneter book? Yeah, that's what I the said. The Octoneter book? <laughs> I mean, that's not Your that German is worse than mine, which I'm gives me <laughs> great, great triumphal uh, sense of... I'm, a, I'm like a... For a just a slight moment of a theologian of glory. <laughs> All right. No, I think... Um, I thought I used the buzzword when I said Christian. Is that the buzzword? No. No, sorry. I also used the word... Just Let's just double check that I didn't use the uh, buzzword in that what I just read. Atonement? Oh. Salvation? Oh. No. no Christ- Christian? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I would have heard, heard it. You don't have to do Grace that. alone? You don't have to embarrass yourself. Ransom. None of those? Stop. <laughs> okay, All right. so this how is, many, obvi- how, this how is obviously you, I, a hymn. I have jotted down here that you have 10,000 points. How did you get 10,000 points? For being awesome. For having an iPhone, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened that you gave yourself 10,000 points It was for. amazing, I know. I, I just... Let's not, let's not revisit <laughs> Did you forget, that. too? <laughs> <laughs> have we not been recording for 45 minutes and we've already... Pre- oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Okay, I'm giving you, but this I'm is a hymn. Do you have another points. quote? Give me another quote. From sin, our flesh could not abstain. Flesh? Is that the buzzword? No. Sin held its sway unceasing. The task was useless and in vain. Our guilt was error increasing. Guilt? Is that the buzzword? Oh, no. None can remove sin's poison dart or purify our guyful heart so deep as our corruption. I better check to make sure this is in public domain. Ah, yes. Good. <laughs> All right. This is a hymn that I know. I'm going to listen to one more stanza before I render my guess. The law reveals the guilt of sin and makes us conscious stricken. Is that the buzzword? But then the gospel enters in. Gospel? The sinful soul to quicken. Come to the cross. Trust Christ and live. The law no peace can ever give. No comfort and no blessing. Now, I think this is the hymn, Salvation to Us Has Come, is it not? Yes. Okay, so I got that. Now, my first my first guess was um, Martin Luther, but he didn't write that one. And I am straining to remember the name of the guy that did. <laughs> um, Ach, Liederbuch? I might have mentioned it in the first segment. Yeah, you probably did, but I can't remember how I got points. I'm going to remember what you were talking about. Um, starts with an S, I think. Doesn't it start with an S? Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to give you that hint. Yes, I'll, I'll give is it, it to you. Is it, starts it, uh, with an S. is it um, uh, Sparatus? Is that his name? Sparatus, you got it, man. All right. So not only do so I have So now you have 10,503 10, points. How'd you get Woo! three points? Maybe How that, did you get three points? That was the uh, iPhone, I think, probably is what it was. No, oh, that was the buzzword. <laughs> I only got three points ah, using the buzzword. Leader book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Three. I should have I should have gotten more than three. Yeah, because it's the word is ach leader book, and you said ach or whatever. <laughs> no. Have you seen that little video, by the way, that says German compared to other languages? That's great. It has like a, but it'll say have someone someone says butterfly. Mariposa. <laughs> it says it all the language. And then it says it in German, which is like, <laughs> Hachmikafrachen. 
Ambulance. Ambulancia. Ambulance. <laughs> what is it? That's great. Uh, croc and cart. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny stuff right there. <laughs> all right. Well, we have all this time. I mean, I didn't know I was going to nail it so soon. So um, I'm going to uh, look for some That's, by the way, a great hymn. So the first Lutheran hymnal, what we, what's known commonly as the Achliederbuch, commonly known. Anyway. All right. Uh, is, I'm going to uh, go through. That was, this is the the hymn that spread the Reformation. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Cantor Resch, our own favorite Cantor Resch. Uh, he, yes. He put out this video. Cantor Resch, who said of our show, don't you guys prepare? <laughs> <laughs> With astonished horror. Uh, no? Uh, not really. <laughs> um, he put out this. That, that same Cantor Resch? Yeah, him. <laughs> he put out this DVD series. Um and uh, he had these, he hired professional videographers to to film and to edit this DVD on Hemity, and uh, he said mm-hmm. that he had you know these uh, guys come in and ne- never set foot in a church before, and then they just because they're editing this this video, keep singing uh, "Salvation to Us Has Come." <laughs> they're all singing along and stuff, and then uh, and then That's it, great. I, actually at the end they ended up uh, baptizing one of them. They, he became a became a Christian from working on this project, so that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, so I have a I have a, a news item for you. Are you ready? It's from it's from uh, your favorite news source. Yeah. Wait, we're switching game. Ten commandments in the news. How yeah. do you play that? Well, we newsy played. all the news, different angles, different sources. <laughs> newsy. Here it is from that from that news source. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. <laughs> We've all done it, overslept, but on Tuesday, the Today Show woke the country up sans a weatherman. Al Roker was catching up on some Z's, and when he showed up late, his co-anchors had some fun with it. You know, uh, the alarm clock, when my phone didn't go off, and somebody said, what's your backup? I said, for 39 years, I didn't need one. Exactly. You missed Wake Up With Al this morning? Yeah, we've changed the name to Al, wake up! (laughs) You heard right. This is the first time in almost four decades the longtime weatherman overslept. So that means we all get a free pass, right? Not skipping a beat, Roker was quick to fess up via Twitter. After 39 years it happened, I overslept and missed a show. Missed Wake Up With Al, but we'll be on time at Today. And he posted this fine, poking fun at his tardiness, showing him yawning as the Today Show goes on. Unsurprisingly, the Twitterverse exploded from Roker's misstep. NBC's Savannah Guthrie even chimed in, calling it al and a viewer saying now his name will be synonymous with oversleeping, writing, Sorry, boss, but I completely rokered this morning. But Roker isn't the only Today Show anchor to slip up this week. Anchor Willie Geist overslept Monday and claimed it was the first time in seven years he did so. And ironically, the Huffington Post reports last week Roker made fun of guest host Spice Girl Mel B for being late. He compared her to former co-host Katie Couric, who occasionally would be called out for showing up late as well. While this is embarrassing to a certain extent, of course, we all remember a more embarrassing story from Al, right? At the White House, a little reminder. You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. Yeah, Al, when it comes to sleeping <laughs> in, this? don't worry I am not it. sure this counts as news. <laughs> you were, by the way, Ten Commandments and the Celebrity Gossip. By the way, if rokering means sleeping in late, what does giglining mean? Holy cow, if anyone has overslept uh, more times on our show, it's you. What I are think, you talking about? I think even? I remember 
It's you can't oversleep when it's not live. <laughs> it's well, our, our, our scheduled recording, you overslept uh, twice, if I remember right. By the way, I don't know if this is if people know that the past there's a few pastor nightmares. Yes, and one of those pastor nightmares is that you oversleep. Uh, right. Yeah, I, when I, you I miss church, particularly uh, for me. I mean, here uh, at uh, Faith and Rogue River, our, our Sunday school starts at 8.45, so I'm not too worried about oversleeping that. But on um, on Vicarage, our, our first divine service was at 8 o'clock. I would try to leave my house at 7. And at any time that I uh, you know had woken up in the middle of the, of the night, you set it really quick and look at the clock because you're afraid that you had overslept, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, Ten Commandments in the that's a bad thing in the not news, in the not news. I this is how I this happens more and more to me as we're sitting at night watching the thing on the TV from ten to ten thirty, and I say to Carrie, "This is not news. This is not news. This is not news." <laughs> so you're not even going to honor it with some Ten Commandments, then, huh? Oh, by the way, oh, so oversleeping is breaking the seventh commandment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's all the time oh, we have. Boy. Thanks for listening to this well, if edition. If you're having trouble rokering, you can listen to Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Do a little You've gig been lining. listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts. If you're caught gaglining, you've got to go to private station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Wolf Mueller Call us when you tell three, jokes that are 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. That's funny. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website. Tabletalkradio.org. Like breaking the Eighth Commandment. Thanks right. for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Ten Radio. Commandments in the end of the Table Talk Radio show. <laughs> Maybe it'll make the news.